I sometimes get asked what my thoughts are on the whole topic of prepping, since since when you have a homestead and one of the things you you try to do is live self-sufficiently, one of the things that often is, is brought to your attention is just how similar uh, some of the lifestyle choices are between those two groups, that is, between those who uh, call themselves homesteaders and, and those who uh, want to call themselves preppers. Um, and, and if I were to be completely honest about it, I'd have to admit, you know, there, there probably is a lot of crossover between the two camps. Um, though, for the sake of this video, I'm not so much concerned about splitting hairs and distinguishing between what is categorically homesteading and, and what is categorically uh, prepping, but, but rather what I, what I just want to do here is try to tackle uh, what is generally thought of as the practice of prepping, regardless of what label it takes. Uh, whether you want to call it um, prepperism or survivalism or homesteading or <laughs> or just crazy Aunt Matilda's hoarding habits, um, and and what I want to do is is think about how biblical that is, and 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 to whatever degree it is or or isn't biblical, how the Christian needs to uh, to to give more attention or less attention, as the case may be, to uh, the the whole preparedness line of thinking. And for the sake of definitions, I know when, when a person talks about prepping, it's important to clarify that there are all manner of different kinds of prepping. Um, perhaps the most recognized of which is, is your infamous doomsday preppers, right? Uh, a few years ago, National Geographic put out a popular TV show by the same name uh, that, that got a lot of attention at the time, and, and it probably got a lot of laughs to go along with it because... Uh, uh, a lot of the people who were profiled on that show largely fell on, on the crazy extremist end of the scale. Um, but, but even among those so-called doomsday preppers, there again, there's, there's plenty of variety because not only do you have your classic nuclear fallout preppers with their uh, underground bomb shelters just waiting for the Cold War sirens to go off, um, but, but you've also got your EMP preppers. Uh, with, with their Faraday cages. You've got your economic collapse preppers with their stashes of gold and silver. Uh, your uh, global warming preppers with their high elevation housing uh, positioned far away from the rising sea levels of melting polar ice caps. There are your uh, pandemic and, and biological warfare preppers with their masks and their hazmat suits and their hermetically sealed uh, sterilized environments. Um, you've even got your all-out World War III martial law zombie apocalypse alien invasion preppers uh, with, with their full arsenals of AK-47s and, and ammunition and aluminum foil hats. <laughs> uh, there are all different kinds of preppers. And, and, I, and I guess as a kind of uh, stereotypical practice, all of them seem to share is the stockpiling of, of whatever supplies they imagine would be necessary to survive whatever large-scale disaster scenario they predict could uh, presumably happen in their lifetimes. Um, I, I think I've seen most preppers' checklists able to be boiled down to the three B's of preparedness. Bullets, uh, beans and band-aids, or, or, or categorically, that is, uh, your, your self-defense needs, your, your general sustenance needs, and your first aid needs. And, and obviously, in a, in a real catastrophe, disaster-level situation, those kinds of preparations, those 
those kinds of provisions um, would make all the difference. I mean, I mean just, just watch any survival-themed movie or, or read any dystopian fiction novel to see how these things go. The one who is prepared, the one who is well-equipped, well-armed, whatever, is the one who uh, t typically makes it to the end credits. Uh, they're the one who who uh, who lives to to make it to the the last page of the story. Um, of course, as as a Christian, the point isn't to to model one's life off of fiction, but to model our lives on the facts of reality and the truths of Scripture. And so, um, I I think the question that needs to be asked is, what does the Bible have to say about this subject? Um, and, 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 well, th does the Bible uh, speak to this subject? And I think the short answer to the question is, um, as a matter of fact, yes, uh, the, 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 the Scripture addresses this subject. It may come as, as a surprise to some to learn that, that some of history's biggest preppers um, are some of the Bible's biggest names. Uh, starting with, with none other than Noah in Genesis chapter 6, whom God told to build an ark in preparation for a global flood that God intended to pour out uh, upon the earth in judgment. And, and uh, in, in that ark, he was told to stockpile up everything that was needed to repopulate the earth. Um, in addition to Noah, there was Joseph in Genesis 41, who, uh, though he didn't have to face quite the global extinction uh, level kind of event that Noah did, he still had to deal with a, a, a widespread regional uh, seven-year famine, which God gave him advance warning about, and, and which through seven years of plenty that preceded that, he was told to prepare, uh, to prepare for and, and, and set aside enough to see uh, Egypt and its neighbors through the, the hard times to come. After Joseph, Moses comes to mind, who on the night of Passover in Exodus 12, God, God tells him and, and, and through him tells all of the Hebrew families to have their bug out bags ready, right? Uh, he, he told them to, to keep their belts fastened, their sandals on their feet, their staff in hand. In essence, he told them to be prepared for the major exodus out of Egypt that was about to happen. And there are other examples in the Bible we could point to, but, uh, but, but, but here's the thing about pointing to men like Noah or Joseph or Moses or any other biblical character, um, and, and that is the reason, the reason their stories are recorded in Scripture isn't necessarily for us to go out and, and duplicate uh, d duplicate what they did detail by detail. I mean, just because Noah went out and built an ark doesn't mean God wants us to go out and, and build an ark too, or to, um, to build a bunker, or to uh, fill up our, our own shipping containers worth of supplies. Um, I, I don't think that's the intended takeaway of Genesis 6 through 9. The example of faith that we're given in men like this, according to Hebrews chapter 11, is to compel us to adopt the same kind of faith that they had. A, a, a kind of faith that is built not on um, blind speculation, but on an assurance, a confident assurance in the things hoped for, though not seen, namely in what God has specifically promised to us. 
Um, Faith isn't blindly acting on an imaginative hunch. It's acting on what God has personally said. Um, In in the three cases I mentioned, God, whether uh, directly by a word or indirectly by a dream, he he told his servants what was about to happen, um, and and their faith was acting uh, according to that promise. Um, In in terms of modern-day prepping, unless a person wants to claim that they've received direct revelation from God about specific events about to unfold, which... Um, based on what we know about Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 and 2, it, it, it's probably wise to question those kind of claims. Um, I, I don't think the Christian is called to run around like Chicken Little, overly confident that the sky is falling every time there's a drop of rain. In James chapter 4, the, the Bible reminds us we don't know what tomorrow will bring. In the context there, he's just talking about travel plans, but how much more does that apply to catastrophic and apocalyptic events? I mean, if we're really talking about doomsday, um, we don't know when that's going to happen or, or how it's going to happen. Jesus says concerning that day and hour, no one knows. Not even the angels of, of heaven, nor the Son, but the Father only, Matthew 24, verse 36. The, the other thing to say is, if, if we're really talking about doomsday preparations, I think the point of revelation is there's, there's, there's going to be no stopping it and, and no ultimately surviving it. Uh, but, but this old sinful world will be burned up and dissolved and a new heaven and earth will be established after we've all stood before the judge and and given an account, and we can better hope we've got Jesus in our corner for that day. Uh, The the only doomsday preparations I'm concerned about is being ready to meet my Maker and and being sure my trust is in the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross for the forgiveness of my sins. Um, I, I suppose in that sense I'm a doomsday prepper. Um, n- not to hide out in the, the caves and the rocks like, like those in Revelation 6, hiding out in the mountains, calling out to the mountains or, or their mountain bunkers to, quote, hide us from the face of him who is seated on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb, um, but to be prepared to approach the throne with confidence, knowing that that uh, I'm safe from wrath because I've been forgiven. Matthew 10, verse 28 says, Do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Rather, fear him who can destroy both soul and body in hell. It's, it's not the possibility of World War III or some Mad Max future scenario we should be worried about as much as the guarantee of a great white throne judgment in Revelation chapter 20. Um, well, with, with, with all that said, and, and um, with all that out on the table, to be fair to Scripture, though doomsday prepping and in the stockpiling, surviving the end of the world sense of the term isn't something uh, Christians um, aren't, aren't necessarily called to do, uh, I, I think there is a kind of prepping, a kind of common everyday uh, prepping that Christians are very much called to be about, um, 
I, I don't have the time in this video to get into all the verses, but the Proverbs alone are full of instructions teaching the wisdom of, of planning ahead uh, based on, on, on realistic and, for the most part, predictable factors. One of my favorites is Proverbs chapter 6, verses 6 through 9, which says, um, Go to the ant, O sluggard. Consider her ways and be wise without having any chief officer or ruler. She prepares her bread in summer, gathers her food in harvest. How long will you lie there, O sluggard? When will you arise from your sleep? The, the, the whole point being that it's, it's a wise thing to plan ahead based on what we know about the seasons. We know winter is coming. And, and, and if we want to harvest before winter gets here, we, we need to be hard at work preparing our food in advance. Uh, it, it's not crazy talk to say winter is coming while the temperatures are still warm for the simple fact that winter is coming. We know it's coming. It may be months away, but it's coming. So get ready. What would be crazy talk would be to say winter isn't coming and therefore, like the grasshopper in Aesop's fables, we waste our time playing the fiddle all day. But the same principle applies not only to winter, uh, but, but to any seasonal occurrence, whether that's, I don't know, tornado season, hurricane season, wildfire season, flu season, a bear market, um, a period of recession. Seasons of, of inflation just go down the list. If one can reasonably estimate a thing is sure to happen, even if that thing is still a month away, a year away, a decade away, it's wise and it is biblical to prepare for that thing. And it is downright foolish not to. I mean, the, the Bible resorts to name-calling on this. You are a lazy, selfish sluggard if you are not going to do something about it and, and, and simply expect others to accommodate for your lack of planning when the time comes. A another passage that comes to mind is Proverbs 22, verse 3, that says, The prudent sees danger and hides himself, but the simple go on and suffer for it. So there, it, 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 does, it doesn't even have to be completely predictable, but can it, be, it could be some sudden, unexpected danger that, that you notice is creeping on the horizon. You see an enemy or a predator outside, it might be a good idea to get the kids inside. Just take that principle and apply it to any modern-day danger. That can be a literal danger to your life, or, or uh, it could be a danger to your freedom. Um, or to your property, or to your values, or to your marriage. It can be a danger to the soul of the, the society you live in. Um, but if you see danger of any kind steadily creeping closer on the horizon, it's wise to try to do something about that. The prudent see the dangers, while the simple go on as if nothing is wrong. Obviously, how we ultimately prepare for those different situations will depend on the situation. Uh, preparing for the winter season will look different than preparing for the sudden threat at your front door. Uh, but, but to give you a few biblical principles that, that uh, I think are helpful and, and uh, um, I think could, could apply across the board, Re remember this. Whatever your preparation looks like, first of all, remember 
that it is not to be selfish. Your preparation isn't to be selfish. Jesus rebuked the man in Luke chapter 12 who hoarded so much of his harvest that he needed to tear down his old barns in order to build bigger barns, patting himself on the back saying, Soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years now. Relax, eat, drink, and be merry. Uh, but, but what did God say to him? God said, you fool, this night your soul is required of you, and the things you have prepared, whose will they be? For, for the Christian, the point isn't to boast in, in being the wise ant and, and kicking all the lazy grasshoppers to the curb, but to be the wise ant and to be generous with what we have. Another principle to live by is that, that whatever your preparation looks like, remember, it's not all meant to be tangible. Jesus says in Matthew chapter 5, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. I don't think that means we shouldn't have any tangible provisions or, or possessions, but, but rather that our real stockpile isn't invested in, in money boxes or gun safes or food pantries, but it is so evidently more in those investments that have an eternal stakeholding. Uh, our, our treasure and our real nest egg exists in our relationship with God and the redemption of our souls and our relationship with, with fellow brothers and sisters in Christ and, 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 and those we want to see become our brothers and sisters in Christ. So it's, it's not all tangible. Lastly, a third principle worth applying is to remember that our preparation isn't uh, all about survival. It's not about survival. In, in the book of Philippians, when, when Paul is grappling with the possibility of execution versus his will to stay alive, he's sure to recognize that, that either of those options in his mind is a win-win scenario since to die would be a gain uh, since, since you'll be in heaven, but to live would, would also be an advantage because it, it provides him more opportunity to serve the church. In no way does Paul want to get out of jail and, and go on living, a, living his life for the sake of living his life. He has a purpose in life to accomplish, and if he's not going to fulfill that purpose, or if God is, is finished with him in that purpose, he's done. He's done what he was here to do. The, the, the idea of living life simply to survive is not biblical. We are here. We, we were created. We were born. We were made Christians for a slightly bigger objective than simple survival. And, and therefore, whatever preparations we make in life should ultimately be to enable us to go about what we're here to do. And, and when God is done with us, uh, He's done with us. And, and, and then again, we better be sure we're prepared for what, what comes next, and that is the real doomsday. That, that's, that's judgment day. And, and thankfully, those who, who trust in Christ are prepared for that day. So much more could be said on this subject. I'll, I'll leave it at that. Um, is prepping biblical? I think the answer is yes. Prepping can be biblical. 
um, assuming it's done biblically. And, and the flip side of that would be prepping can also be unbiblical if done in, in sinful ways or done with sinful motives. Um, well, I hope this video has, has been helpful. Hopefully something I've said here uh, serves you. Um, I invite you to, to like and subscribe to our channel if you haven't already. Stay tuned for more videos to come, uh, Lord willing, and uh, thank you for watching. Mm -hmm.